The Sisu Way, episode 18, The the Art of Breathing, Cold Exposure, and Mindset with retired peace officer Eric Milosevic. In silence, the young warrior and the wise monk continued their walk through the forest. As they journeyed together, the young warrior reflected on both his triumphs and tragedies. Although it was sometimes very painful, he realized that ultimately he was responsible for every effect of his life. However, taking responsibility for the effects of his life, the young warrior felt empowered to pay more attention to their cause, which were his very thoughts. The young warrior now realized the inner world of his thinking was the ultimate battleground for the true warrior. The young warrior then asked the wise monk, how can I influence the quality of my thinking? This question, young warrior, replied the wise monk, is a very good question indeed. The wise monk then continued, A warrior must be skillful both in action and non-action. Action Action is a world of effects, and non-action is the world of cause. The first step, therefore, is to remove yourself from the world of effects and to become still. The young warrior asked, Do you mean I just have to sit down and stop moving? The wise monk laughed and replied, Yes, the first step is as simple as that. When the body becomes still, the mind will surely follow. I also recommend closing your eyes, which will help turn your attention inward. When you focus your attention inward, you are able to connect with God. The wise monk then continued to increase the wisdom and knowledge of the young warrior. The next step is to become aware of your breathing, the quality of your breathing, the quality of your posture, and the quality of your thinking are all intimately connected. Bringing your awareness to breathing, your posture, and your thinking is known as mindfulness, which means to hold your awareness on the present moment and task at hand. The young warrior asked, how can I develop awareness of my breath? When you breathe in, know that you are breathing in. And when you breathe out, know that you're breathing out. Perplexed by this seemingly obvious instruction, the young warrior defensively replied, I have been breathing just fine my entire life. Full of patience, the wise monk explained, Automatic breathing and mindful breathing are worlds apart. In the moments you are intensely aware of the inhalation and exhalation within a single breathing cycle, you become fully alive in the present moment. Although your mind can regress to the past or project into the future, your breath is always right here, right now, like an anchor for your soul. Due to the young warrior's extensive training within the world of action, he was well aware of the significance of respiratory conditioning. The young warrior reflected on moments of his life when his ability to command his breathing while overcoming dragons was absolutely critical to victory. Full of promise and intrigue, the young warrior exclaimed, The power of the breath is something I feel compelled to learn more about. In addition to bringing awareness to every inhalation and exhalation, what else do you recommend I do? The wise monk continued to elaborate on the significance of breath. The inhalation should be long, slow, subtle, deep, and should be evenly spread throughout the entire body. Each in-breath draws energy from the atmosphere into the cells of the lungs. This rejuvenates the spiritual force within you. By breathing, by briefly holding the breath once drawn in, the energy is fully absorbed. This evenly distributes it through all the systems of the body. The slow and peaceful exhalation removes mental and physical toxins that have been accumulated. Pause briefly after the outbreath so that all mental stress is purged away. The mind is then naturally drawn into the presence of God. 
With a look of awe and wonder on his face, the young warrior remarked, I had no idea such transformation could take place within a single breath. Smiling, the wise monk said, Indeed, young warrior, daily breath practice can enhance every aspect of your life. This is why the ancient prophet said, The breath of God gives life. The young warrior inquired, What constitutes a breath practice? The wise monk answered, Even one conscious breath a day is sufficient to experience all the benefits of a breath practice. The wise monk then proposed they sit down together and experience the power of physical stillness upright posture and mindful breathing directing the young warrior to sit with his body neck and head held firmly in a straight line with his eyes closed the wise monk then led him through an ancient breathing practice designed to bring the state of mind to a restful alertness the wise monk began by saying be sure to breathe through your nose the entire time now inhale and count to four retain the breath for another four count exhale for a four count suspend the breath for a four count The wise monk and the young warrior continued this breathing sequence for a total of four rounds. As the breathing practice concluded, a large smile appeared on the young warrior's face. I feel wonderful, exclaimed the young warrior. I always knew the benefit of upright posture. However, I never realized something as simple as physical stillness and mindful breathing could have such a profound effect on me. The wise monk nodded in agreement and replied, Because your quest to find God is an inward journey, you will find physical stillness and mindful breathing to be a great benefit to you. Hearing this, the young warrior asked, What do you mean by an inward journey? This is the Sisu Way, a show about grit, gratitude, character, philosophy, fitness, leadership, service, and what it means to choose strength. My name is Scott McGee. I'm a family man, friend, thinker, guardian, and a mindful warrior with an open mind on a path of gratitude and service who loves to connect with unconquerable souls. Now, the opening of this episode was from my brother and mentor and past guest, Greg Amundsen, and the book is called The Warrior and the Monk, and it's a fable about fulfilling your potential and finding true happiness. And I'm joined by my dear friend, and longtime friend, uh, personal and professional. Um, I'm going to refer to him as Milo. Not the, uh, I introduced him as retired peace officer Eric Milosevich, but then again, I don't know who that guy is. I call him Milo. <laughs> and so, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. And for the listeners, we've spent the last couple hours uh, reviewing a class on breathing that Milo is going to be doing. Uh, a little bit more on that. And we spent some time um, taking some photos, and we also spent some time in the ice bath. In fact, it was, he's my first guest that I've had over at in my ice bath that I call Black Ice now because I have black paneling on it. Mm-hmm. But we've spent uh, some time together and uh, time together now, and he's also somebody that I met prior to working in a police department. Um, uh, if you guys don't know, I am, I guess you could say, active duty in law enforcement in a department in Southern California. And Milo is recently retired from that department yeah, after yeah. after decades and decades. Um, but I first met Milo when I was volunteering and getting an idea of the city. And I went over to PAL, and that's the Police, uh, Police Activity League. 
And that is where you were working at the time. Yep, I remember that. And I remember we were having this discussion because at the time, um, I was just like a, I wanted to be a police officer. You know, I was still a, uh, I don't even know if I was able to call myself recruit at that time, but I, it was something I wanted to, wanted to do and was looking at ways to improve my warriorship. And that, that, that term warrior has changed changed uh, throughout time for me. It's probably changed for, for both of us. Mm-hmm. And we'll go over that. But I remember I was looking at ways to become better at combat, you know, whether that was mm-hmm. Krav Maga or um, Jiu-Jitsu or some type of fighting martial art. Because I had an image in my head that that was something I had to do to be good at this in this profession. And I remember we were talking about it. And, you know, a lot of people were like, yeah, just go, you know, go do Muay Thai, go do Jiu-Jitsu, just get in there and make sure you know how to punch and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, you recommended Krav Maga because it was what the what, uh, defensive tactic right. unit we were, te- uh, we were teaching the guys mm-hmm. and gals. And I remember talking to you um, saying that I wanted more than just the physical. I remember talking, I was like, I, I want to be in an environment like almost like a Zen-like environment where it's actually building my character more than my hands and fists. Mm. And I remember you looked at me, it, almost like you woke up a little bit. <laughs> like, like in a way, you're kind of like, it wasn't just a conversation. I remember you kind of like, oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. And you looked at me and you, and, and you said, I can respect that. Yeah, shifted for me when you said that. Yeah, and then, and then the way you looked at me and the way you said that, I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> he sees me. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, man, I don't know, that was like 14 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Four, maybe 15. Wow. Either way, a long time ago. Yeah, quite a journey. And uh, so for the listeners, just give uh, a, a brief. Now, for, yeah, let me, let me paraphrase this. It's no such thing as like a brief background because each part of your background could be a podcast in of itself. Yeah. yeah. And, and talking to Milo, we're not necessarily going to go into the deep corners of his past. We're going to touch on some of it because it's going to shed light on the instruction and and some of the guidance that we're going to give to everybody. Yeah. Well, the older I get, then yeah, the longer that story becomes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, there's been a few chapters I think worth mentioning. So yeah, I mean, and 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 each one of us has like this balance of light and dark, you know, good and evil, yin and yang. Yeah, for sure. But definitely, uh, personally and professionally, your life kind of embodies that. And so for the listeners that don't know uh, much about you, I'd like them to know this. Cool. Yeah, so um, I I think about it. I started martial arts when I was a kid, got my black belt when I was 14, and kind of, uh, you know, parents went through a divorce and had all that going on for me. And uh, it really gave me some strength when I was a kid. And um, my instructor, um, one of the instructors was a police officer. So I feel like that kind of planted a seed unknowingly at the time, because I was also uh, at the time kind of a punk rocker and uh, found myself, you know, in mosh pits and doing those kinds of things. Um, but, you know, pulled through, made it through high school and uh, was kind of set on this path through the martial arts and then ended up in the military. You know, uh, really, really quick. Yeah. Uh, you can't just gloss over black belt at 14. Because that's just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Was it well, a Taekwondo? 
Yeah, Taekwondo. Okay. Yeah. Um, got involved. I feel like that was the one thing my parents were like, you're going to go to martial arts Tuesdays and Thursday nights. It was twice a week, but I started when I was seven. And truly, my parents were kind of, they were dealing with their lives. I look at them now, they're yeah. young parents and dealing with their stuff. Uh, but that was the one thing they got me to do. Um, and I'm thankful for it, yeah. for sure. You know, now looking back, it really set me on that path of being a, you know, a warrior in a sense. Um, and I do feel like uh, a peaceful warrior. I remember my mom used to say, hey, you're my little protector. My mom and dad would fight, never like, you know, physical stuff, really. Like maybe my mom would th throw a pair of cowboy boots at him or something, but, you know, like more <laughs> yelling and stuff. And, and I would get in the middle and like try to break it up. And, you know, and so the next thing you know, I, I was set on this unknowingly at that age as a little kid, I was set in this path of being a protector. Uh, do you have brothers or sisters? I have an older sister. Yeah. Yeah, she was setting the path of being, uh, I think, an uh, entertainer. She's a singer, but yeah. Because I think, I think, I mean, this is totally off topic, but I think it seems like in a, in a two-sibling relationship that generally the firstborn tends to have like the protector uh, mm. uh, uh, gene. Not, it's probably not even a gene, but the, it's probably the way they were raised because they're kind of taking care of the younger one. Right. So it's interesting not yeah, to say it's going to switch. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm not outlier, I guess. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure the bell curve is fat. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that kind of got me going. And then, you know, I got, I just was on that path of the martial arts and they had me going into it. And I was kind of a small kid growing up. Um, so, you know, it just kind of, they think they give me confidence. Yeah. And my dad wasn't around that much, so it gave me good male role models. And um, yeah, truly looking back at it, they were truly great, great guy. Benzie Barros was, uh, he was a gold glove boxer and it was really his son Rocky that did the martial arts that did the Taekwondo. And, uh, so I got a little bit of both more Taekwondo, but, uh, just truly strong role models that, you know, helped me. Yeah. I think. Well, you had to be pretty good cause didn't you fight for the army? Yeah. Yeah. When I got in the military, then I, uh, was at 82nd airborne whatever. But then they, I found out the Taekwondo in the army and I got in the army Taekwondo team and, so that was cool. So like maybe about, I think at the most three months out of a year at the best, I think that was on the, on the year of the nationals that, uh, I was just doing Taekwondo. So that was pretty sweet training two or three times a day and just being on the Taekwondo team and the army team. And you have to be pretty good. It's not just like, Oh, you casually do Taekwondo that you get to go be on the U S army Taekwondo team. <laughs> you know, I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty good. You know, I mean, I, I just, I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I fought, I was fought for the, the, the weight division of, of the army team and I made it and, um, I qualified for the team and I fought the nationals and I went to the finals and the nationals and I got beat. Um, but it was great, great experience. And, uh, and then I ended up going to Korea. I was, um, sent to Korea, had nothing to do with Taekwondo, but just was levied, shipped. The military sent me there. And, uh, then I got to train with some of the best in the world. some of the Olympic coach. Uh, was there for the Korean team. I got to train very humbling, but a very uh, amazing, you know, experience. So, yeah, so that happened. Then I ended up get out and I'm like, okay, now what am I going to do? Uh, I thought about opening up a Taekwondo school. I actually did that, but I, I had students, but they were all from the projects down the street and uh, literally was getting paid sometimes with like their parents would, I would get like a burrito, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was happy to have it. I was like, that's awesome. You know, so a lot of the kids weren't paying it you know, at all. And so, but I, I was, I was living in a closet. I, I will was, work for a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That should be a sign. You know, yeah. that's either road. We'll work for burrito. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I did that for a while. I was living in literally what was a closet and then I turned into my living quarters. But after being in the infantry, it was actually like, this is totally fine. You know, I've got a roof over my head and I'm young enough that it didn't matter. And anyway, did that. And then my dad actually gave me a call. I was like, Hey, why don't you put in, you know, for this police officer in Hawthorne PD, my dad met some guy in the golf course or something, a Lieutenant from Hawthorne. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, maybe I thought about being a police officer before. And, you know, again, my my mentor was a police officer. But for me, I thought, nah, I don't know. I began because I was young. And then when I was 15 and my parents got divorced, I, I was kind of a I wasn't a bad kid, but I was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was drinking and partying and carrying on and, you know, and, and the police, you know, it was, you know, I mean, some of the punk songs are F the police, you know, and it was just like. Suddenly I pulled away from that, you know, and I was that. So then like, I don't know, I don't want to be a cop, you know, F the police. It was kind of my, my thing. And I was like, ah, but then I was like, it does kind of fit, you know, my, I, I can't help that when I look at that, what does it take to be a cop? I like driving fast. I had race stock cars. I had a great stepdad that we did race. I like martial arts. I was in the military. I'm like, yeah, maybe this is going to be this is going to be a fits range. So anyway, I applied for the Hawthorne Police Department. I got picked up. Luckily, the guy on the board was a sniper on the SWAT team. So when I told him I was a sniper in the army, later he told me once you said that you were you were in for me. I didn't care what you said after that. So I was lucky, you know. And I got on Hawthorne PD, and I worked there for a few years, and, and you know enjoyed it. Got on their SWAT team. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But I do have to go back just a little bit. When I was in the academy, I remember my dad pinned the badge on me. Sorry, it's like, it's like I was, I just went right back there. <laughs> it's a big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Scott probably knows, I'm pretty, I'm kind of, I think he's pretty sure a police officer. I feel like now that I've been retired, I'm kind of an emotional, you know, like I have, I have emotions. I'm a human behind the badge, right? Um, so I remember my dad, he pinned the badge on me and I looked down at that. And then I just remember in that moment thinking, uh, I might not be the best cop, but I don't know how that's going to be, but I'm, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to treat people right, man. And that's one thing I think, think after 25 years that I, I really held up to that for the most part, you know, that I, I treated people right when I dealt with people. Um, so anyway, yeah, I became a police officer. Hawthorne left that, came to Santa Monica, the, you know, greener pastures. Hawthorne was hurting financially and came to Santa Monica, a beautiful city. And then uh, it was great. And defensive tactics instructor the whole 25 years that I was there for the most part. And, I was a big part of it, you know, side that was kind of like a, a collateral detail. And I was on the SWAT team for a few years, um, worked narcotics, um, worked on the big blue bus, which was actually really interesting and taught bus drivers how to defend themselves with, um, yeah, I had a lot of, and then obviously the police activities and I work with kids. And really when I look at my career, that was some of the best, best times. Um, and, uh, and then I got out, I, I right when I met, uh, uh right when I was getting out, I met a, a guy from Arizona PD. We were doing some cross training, um, and he told me about Wim Hof. I'd never heard of him. Uh, and I was into breathing. I was already into yoga as well. And a yoga instructor at that point, certified in- instructor. And so anyway, yeah, I went down that, that rabbit hole and that's kind of what got me into the, it is absolutely what got me into the breath and the cold exposure. And focus. The, uh, so you got into the Wim Hof after retiring. Uh, I initially got in, it was my, my last year while I was still a a cop, my last year there, I got into, I got into it on, you know, like online, um, stuff, you know, and and then I went out because of my back. Uh, so I was actually, 
technically I was still an officer, but yeah. I was off, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was off on my back. So while I was off dealing with my back issues, I was did a 10 week online program. So that's, you know, technically I was still a cop, but not really. Yeah. I was off now. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to re- reiterate this stuff because there's so many questions and maybe we'll come back and we'll, we'll keep doing more podcasts, but there's a lot of stuff personally in your life that I find interesting and would like to dissect. And just for the listeners, um, in this episode, we're going to go over, we'll go over the Wim Hof method. We're going to talk about the three pillars of breathing, cold exposure and mindset. We're going to talk about some meditation and the nervous system and stress and trauma and how this all relates into one big melting pot of self-awareness and self-regulation. Awesome. So there's a whole bunch of questions that I'm letting go for now. Cool. Um, (laughs) The Wim Hof stuff is, I don't want to say it's kind of taken off because maybe I'm just seeing it more because I'm aware. Mm-hmm. That's a phenomenon. Like if you if you are looking at considering buying a Volvo, you're driving around, you're just going to see a whole bunch of Volvos. Right. I don't know what that phenomenon is called, and I know some of the listeners out there will probably let me know. But now um, being aware and practicing Wim Hof method, I'm starting to see it a lot more popular, a lot more things are popping up. So I don't know if that's because of the internet or social media and YouTube Mm -hmm. or what, but it's spreading and it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Can you give, so I'm going to try and do this in a a nice little framework Mm -hmm. because we're not going to only talk about the Wim Hof method. Got it. Um, Just who Wim Hof is and just like a brief history of what the method is. Got it. Cool. So yeah, so uh, I no, heard. Sorry, I should I should yeah, also please. say that you are a certified trainer. I'm certified uh, Wim Hof instructor. So you're not just yes. like a YouTube taught person. So this is kind of my point. No, right, yeah. right on. Thank you. Yeah. So I heard uh, Wim Hof. I went. No, um, anyone YouTube Wim Hof, and you'll see all kinds of stuff uh, comes up. And really, I, the the one of the videos that I like the best that Vice from HBO did on YouTube. And so that's I went home and uh, I watched like a 20 minute short on him. And so. You know, Wim Hof, one thing that there's a lot of stuff, though, that you don't see necessarily on the Internet that uh, that I've gotten from Wim, you know, and I've I've talked to him. I've had the privilege of meeting him. Extraordinary human being, just an interesting guy. As soon as he walks in the room, he's just one of those guys that just uh, has this amazing presence. But just joy. He is. He's fun, man. He's just like uh, one of the instructors of the Wim Hof method who I've gotten to know pretty well is Casper. He's really one of the he's a biology uh, he was a biology teacher, and then he got involved early on with Wim Hof method and went about teaching it. And he likes to call Wim Hof our spirit animal. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There's other people that are actually teaching the method, and Wim Hof will come in. And when he is, he's very captivating. That when he's teaching, I'm like, I'm just every every cell in my body is taking it in with a big smile on my face because yeah. he's such a, a character. But he's he, he truly I, is like a spirit animal. Um, but so Wim Hof has over 20 world's records. Um, World's records, Guinness World Records. One, holding his breath under ice water yep. for six minutes, swimming under oceanic ice uh, for like 65 meters, running up Mount Everest, nothing but a pair of shorts, all these in, intense things. So he was doing all these things. And, and I think, uh, and even in talking to him, he has four kids uh, and he had a beautiful wife who also had some mental problems like bipolar and, and she ended up committing suicide. Um, and that obviously when we were faced with that kind of adversity, then what, you know, what do we do? And he had four kids to raise. 
So I think that that really pushed him into his own personal practice. He went in and how do I connect? And he talks about the next thing you know, he was just like, he's in this cold water and swimming in Norway. And people thought he was, he was nuts, but he was like, well, there's something going on here. Um, and you know, so, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say with, with that, and it's kind of been a theme with this show. And that is like all the people I look up to or admire a lot of the stories out there that, that I, uh, have learned from and grown from and also my own life you'll see that there's always this theme of suffering. Mm-mm. You know, everyone has to suffer to grow. It's yeah. like you become dirt. You have to become dirt for something to grow out of. Mm. Yeah. It is, yeah. You know, I can't really put my finger exactly on it, mm-hmm. but it's through, it's through the stress and struggles that you grow. And Absolutely. sometimes the more violent the suffering, the more uh, uh, powerful the growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a book that, uh, that talks much about Wim Hof, What Doesn't Kill You. There you go. You know, and then we all know how that it finishes. You yeah, know, his yeah. title of the book is "What Doesn't Kill You," and it's yep. like makes you stronger. Yep. Yeah, and that's exactly you're exactly right. You know, and so Wim came through that, and and really it was his kids later on that his dad, their dad's doing all these things, and it was somewhat even he says like a circus act because he's he's breaking all these crazy records, he's doing all two hours and just ice and yeah. like. You know, and but then he can, I would always say that anyone can do this, and it's you know I have this method, and um, so his kids were like, Dad, why don't you you know you need to start teaching others? And so he did. He started sharing this practice, uh, and it's it's been you know remarkable, remarkable. And his his thought, he wants to change the world. You know, it's like all kinds of people are getting healed, which I find the beauty in this. I've ne- I've met people with you know Lyme's disease that were were really incapacitated, could hardly move, Crohn's disease, who are now really just starting to move and find their life again and people that are bipolar with mental issues and arthritic anything that's you know cardiovascular arthritic uh things are, are getting healed my back was all jacked up and getting in the ice water and doing the breath i feel a lot better i've got a lot more movement back so it's it's just really healing and and i really and Wim is a yogi he is a he started yoga when he was like 17 before any of this stuff happened so he has a lifetime of of yogic practices in India. He's been to India and, and trained with some of the masters and Tibet. And so he has a, a deep background, but he says his number one teacher is, is, is nature, you know, getting out in the mm-hmm. cold. Um, and what I like about him when I've called you, you know, you're the guru, you're the teacher. He's like, no, 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 you're your own guru. We're all our own gurus. He shows you kind of this way, but then he, he really, really supports, go out and learn it yourself. Go start breathing here. I'll show you this now. Breathe, practice, try this, try that, explore, which has been really cool. I like that kind of, instruction for me works so i just i practice different stuff you know in and out of the ice wherever and just feel feel it works it's uh it's pretty cool um so i'm gonna back up a little bit and frame this um specifically because i always say i've said in the past that that um you know what the suffering that people go Mm -hmm. through yeah uh, uh, and that type of pain is unique but the struggle is universal. So, and what I mean by that is, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll use law enforcement as an example. Now on the show, I haven't necessarily spent very much time talking about the law enforcement profession. Yeah. It's kind of been like a weird, like, you know, it's a part of my life, but it's not my life. Right. Um, That's a good thing. But the, so in law enforcement, and this is a side that most people don't, don't understand, is that there's not really a job where you go to work you arm yourself, you wear armor, and you arm yourself just to go to work. Yeah, right. You know, oh, let me put my socks on, my, <laughs> my bulletproof vest, and make sure I have a knife and pepper spray. And right. It's not a normal thing. No. And then you go out, and you deal with the worst parts of 
human behavior. Yeah. The worst. It's not like you go to you go out and oh it's Billy's birthday let me drive by and say hi. It's it's people's worst, people's right. worst days, um, uh, all the sad stuff, all the stuff that you can imagine. It's exactly that, but it's a lot worse and it's repeated day in and day out. In the military, people go on deployments for you know nine months at a time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement is like a twenty or thirty year deployment. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and you're in and out um, almost too fast. And in that job is a lot of stress and trauma. And I'm saying that job, but I also mean your job for the listener. You guys are dealing with stress and trauma. And you might wake up and immediately be put in um, one of those two. And here's a little bit of the difference what I mean by stress and trauma. Staying home with my kids all, all day mm-hmm. is great, but it's also stressful. Yeah. The stress there, they're little boxer puppies slash velociraptors. You know, there's, <laughs> they're bipolar drunk little pirates, you know, like <laughs> it can be stressful yeah. you know, listening, but I wouldn't say it's traumatic. You know, that day is not going to affect me for the rest of my life mm. where like being a first responder in law enforcement, you have stress, yeah. but you also have trauma that, a that might be uh, acute or chronic trauma, and you might be seeing things that it, that is actually going to affect the way you operate as a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Man. And we've all been through uh, certain calls mm-hmm. that bother you. you. You might not even realize it. Yeah. And so one of the things about dealing with stress and trauma that I hope with this podcast is that we bring some self-awareness to you, the listener, and some self-regulation tools. Beautiful. Self-awareness, self-regulation. And I also read this thing that said one of the shortest, simplest advice anyone could give others for energy and for health is to remember to breathe and relax. Mm -hmm. And those things are free and can be done anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to go schedule a massage. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to, there's no money involved. But the ability to breathe and relax is a science and an art. Yep, absolutely. And it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's weirdly difficult. Yeah, but to master it, right? It's, it's weird. It's really, it, but all you're doing is you're, you're asking the human to be human. Mm-hmm. But we've constructed this weird sense of like, I need to do this, I need to do that. I can't sit still. I don't have time. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and so we're dealing with stress and trauma. And, and Milo and I, we both have, uh, have and do teach law enforcement, and we're hoping to change the culture That's of right. how to deal with this stuff. Because we've talked about the culture of law enforcement teaches individuals how to clear a malfunction in their handgun. But we don't necessarily teach them how to clear a malfunction with themselves. Yeah, we absolutely. don't teach how to... We go through mental health training, but how to deal with other people's mental health not to uh, identify and come up with resources f- of our own mental health. Yeah. And so are, there are things that I realize that like that guys are guys and gals are holding on to for years. Absolutely. Years and years and years. Yeah. And so again, it's not specific to law enforcement. It's it's nurses, it's doctors, it's paramedics. Yeah, yeah it's everyone. Uh, yeah. It, it's everyone. Every yeah, job has a, has a sense yeah. of it. Yes. Yeah. And just like law enforcement, I feel like in law enforcement for me 
truly, when I look at the stressors, a lot of it was the administration. You know, yes. it was the inside. I for sure. I had a hard time. At, you know, as on the street as a kid, I had a, had a time hard time. I've already time even saying it. I had a hard time getting along with cops sometimes and i still had a hard time getting along with cops when i was a cop yep. <laughs> it was the people inside the building my supervision and all that that was stressful and then you know most jobs have that you got to go and you got to put up with the boss and you have some hierarchy and someone telling you what to do and how to do it and judging what you do and and so that was for me and some of the peers and different peer pressures you know shows up in almost any job mm-hmm. and going out a lot of times for me once i actually got out in my car and i was driving along Believe it or not, man. And I, oh yeah, you go talk to those. Uh, we got some transients that are drinking at the park bench. You know, yeah, okay, I'm on it. Boom, I'm out. I'm actually cool with those guys. I can, I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Like, whew, yeah, I wish I could have one of those beers. You know, and I actually could chill out with the transients yeah. and feel less stressed and be like, ah, I could breathe and hang out with those dudes. And then finally go, okay, guys, I think you need to move on. Yeah. You so, know? so, so what that funny. is, and what that is, and this is something I've learned in almost every leadership book I've ever read. You ask an employee what stresses them out the most, and the, the theme is organizational stress. Yeah. It's the actual organization stressing itself out and applying, really, the answer, again, is breathe and relax from top to bottom, bottom to top. <laughs> if yeah. everyone just breathe and relax, they might treat people a little bit better. But, again, in law enforcement or any career, let's just say law enforcement under the microscope, you have an individual who may be suffering, might be suffering in a, a relationship at home, or uh, uh, depression, or whatever the case may be. We all suffer in our ways. And then you take that individual that's suffering, and then you put them in an environment of stress, and then ask them to go into another environment where they're suffering and bring happiness. You know, there's a whole lot of suffering going on. Yeah. And so there's something we can do about it. On that note, Moving forward, there's something that I think the listeners should uh, have an understanding of, and that is the autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. All right? You have your autonomic nervous system, and that's everything that's going on without your awareness, like your heartbeat and your digestion. and your like You're not sitting there thinking, okay, uh, kidney, let's go ahead and clean this real quick. You know, <laughs> right. It's all happening um, automatically. Yeah, amazing system we have, yeah. Right? Now you take that, and now let's break that into two branches parasympathetic and sympathetic. Those are the two different types of your nervous system. Now, you can look online, Google it, all this stuff, because I'm not going to get too scientific with the differences. But the the sympathetic side is your fight-or-flight response, yep. right? It hypes you up. It raises your blood pressure. It gets your heart, beat, uh, your heart rate up. It increases your respiratory rate. Um, it's almost... It's stress-based. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's survival. Yep. Cortisol levels are going up. Uh, yeah. Yep. Adrenaline. Yeah. And then you have your parasympathetic side. Right. Which is your, your R&R, your rest and relaxation, your calm state. Yep. Uh, and that's you know where digestion is happening. The blood is actually in closer to your organs. You have um, dilation and constriction of your blood vessels. Yeah. And so understanding those two and if i'm forgetting something important please oh, help good, me out here. Man. yeah yeah but i'm trying to simplify you so you again sympathetic fight or flight parasympathetic rest and relaxation yeah exactly the polar opposites one's helping you to calm down one's helping you to jack you up and do fight a lion if you had to yep now let's say you have a little a little measure meter in the middle and, and it goes back and forth you go back and forth in between these states yeah 
most of us spend way too much time on the sympathetic side. Yep. And we're going to get into that and how to put you put it more into the 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 parasympathetic, the rest and relaxation state. Right. And I would just like to say this yes, too please. is that that you know as as humans, we like to categorize things. We like to make things black and white. This is parasympathetic and this is sympathetic and this is the way it works because this is because we say uh, and that, you know, that is a good, a great way to say it. But there's also, there are times when you're actually, you're dealing with both. You could be, you know, going back and forth. It's not so black and white where I'm in this and now I'm in this. You can actually yeah. be in certain states where you're actually tapping. You're actually ready to go, right? You're like sympathetic, but you're actually calm and relaxed, but you're still focused and ready to go and do your, you know, your job. So you, it is finding that that's where it becomes an art. Mm-hmm. You know, the practice of like, wow, I'm actually uh, playing with being in, in both of these. And then, yeah. And then how do you... Uh, how do you start controlling, which I, I feel like we're going to get into, how do you yep. start taking control of things that are really autonomic, but now you actually start controlling things yes. like your heart rate and things. Yep. And again, uh, the themes will be self-awareness and self-regulation. Nice. So to be aware, so I guess teaching the framework that you have awareness of what's going on, and then we're going to get into in a, in a couple minutes here, the self-regulation tools. And so the, the other thing I want to talk about to point out is you have these two systems again, mm-hmm. fight or flight, rest and relaxation. Yeah. I think that's the simplest way I can say it. Sure. And then you have the vagus nerve. Yeah. Which I think is something that should be taught in every high school. Yeah. Incredible. Actually, all the stuff should be. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the vagus nerve. And what is that? The yeah. vagus nerve goes from basically from your neck to your sacrum. It goes like, you know. Head to head, depending on what sex you are. And it goes down. It's huge. If you Google it, you'll see some pictures of it. And they'll maybe some color it with some yellow. You'll see it's, it's one of your cranial nerves that goes down and uh, controls all your major organs. Right. It's a tremendously large nerve. Mm-hmm. And 80 to 90% of that nerve is sensitive like so to vibration, to things. that So you can directly affect that nerve. And that nerve helps you go between sympathetic and parasympathetic. Right. Here's an example. And this is something everyone has done. Those moments where you're kind of stressed out, you got a lot going on, and then you do one of these. (sighs) And you feel a little bit better. (sighs) Just that. Yeah, Yeah. it could be. uh, I feel better just now. (sighs) Yeah. Or an ah, or it's actually where the om comes from. So that right there is a body's natural ability ability to breathe in air and exhale it in a slower format than you're used to because you might be breathing too shallow so you're not actually breathing fully or correctly and your body's playing catch up. But also that noise that you make, that vibration that you're creating is stimulating your vagus nerve. Absolutely, yeah. And right, And it's making you go back towards a rest and relaxated state. Yeah, I mean, the size is why you bring that up. Is that it happens? It's part of the autonomic mm-hmm. system. If the, the system yep. all of a sudden is like, you know, like stressed out and it feels it, it will just, okay, you're going to sigh. It's not even a conscious thing where all of a sudden, and you may think it's conscious, but it's not. It just actually comes to your system, sends it out to you that you, this guy needs to sigh. But what's beautiful is you can go in control of that and go, when you start feeling a little stressed, don't wait for your body to freaking do it, you know, do it. Yourself, yep. which is you're talking about. Start exactly. regulating. Exactly. Again, we're going to keep, keep repeating it. Again, the self-awareness. Now you're kind of aware. Uh-oh. 
Like you, you can see the emotion starting to rise. Yep. You can feel it. So wake up, feel it, recognize it, and understand that you can hijack that. Absolutely. You can stop it right there. Yeah. You can do a deliberate sigh. Yep. You're biohacking. Yeah, you can actually do it quietly to yourself. Um, and then understanding, now hopefully after listening, you kind of understand what that's doing. And that little vibration in the breathing is putting you from a sympathetic closer or depending on how good you are or where you're at in life or how much suffering or trauma and stress you're in at that moment. But a little bit, a little bit tipping it more towards the parasympathetic side. Mm-hmm. A little more controlled. So, the hows of all this stuff. How, how do we do all this stuff? And again, we're going to break this into... Uh, we'll talk about breathing tactics. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into uh, the cold exposure and what the heck that is all about. Right on. And then we'll get into mindset and some meditation. Cool. And again, all this stuff, again, it's not super clean. It's not like we're only going to talk breathing and then we're only going to talk cold exposure and mindset because yeah. my, they're all intertwined, especially the mindset component. Yeah. Now, the breath work. Uh, we're going to break that into a couple things. Um, and this is something we talked about earlier, but I think I want to say it right now. These tools, when, we, when we're living, I think everybody would like their life to be some type of masterpiece. You want it to be good. You want to have a life that's a masterpiece. Mm. But you have to learn how to master peace. Nice. All right? You got to master peace. Mm. Now, mastering peace is not necessarily an end state. I'm sure there's people out there, some enlightened ones that are can do it, but all of us struggle. Like I stress out all the time. I get mad. I let the mm. I let the tail wag the dog. Yeah. It's a practice. It's a yeah. practice. Yeah. And now those kinds of things happen. Like I get cut off. I'm on my motorcycle and somebody, you know, cuts me off. Then yeah, I still get mm. right. I get mad. But what's actually it's interesting now as I have changed now, when especially when it's something minor like that, I actually like, oh, what a great opportunity. Uh, and I really do see it as that. Like, I, I'm a little, I just felt my adrenaline. It just kind of, my heart rate just went up a little bit. Now, let me see how quickly I can, with the tools I've learned, breathing is the, the, the entryway in, how quickly I can calm down and be yep. cool with what, you know, with what's going, with what's going on in my body. And it, it, so I, I actually invite those kinds of things to kind of, you know, obviously not major stuff. I rather not, but it, it definitely, at least I know I have the tools and it's just like anything, at least when these little things happen, I'm practicing my tools. It gives me an opportunity yep. to practice my tools. So then when I do get friggin' hit by something big, I have that, I have the tools. Yep. Yeah. So, so let's, let's yeah. talk about that. Now, you know, when you come across people, you, you can either make them more happy or less happy when you yeah. come across people. And that's also people in traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you drive. And again, we talk about traffic a lot. We're in L.A. So for the rest of the world that doesn't have this, you're lucky. Like, yeah. don't come to L.A. There's way too much traffic <laughs> and stress here. Yeah. But, okay, so that particular moment there. And as soon as stress starts to arise, and this is actually a, um, um, something I've, I've started doing at work. And for most people that have a job, they don't have a, a radio or dispatcher talking to their face or in their ear. Mm-hmm. So I wear, I wear the, the, the mic, the handheld mic part of my uniform close to my uh, right ear. Mm-hmm. It's up here. Mm-hmm. So every time something is dispatched or 
it's generally information. Hey, go here because something bad is happening. Right. Or hey, uh, I need units to start responding to a stabbing that just occurred. Right away, that information that's being put out through the radio is making me, is shifting me to a sympathetic state. Yeah. It's, I'm already starting to feel You're stress. To feel a little bit. I'm already yep. having stress. It's yep. building already. Boom. If yeah. you measure my blood pressure and my heart rate, um, it's going to change immediately. Absolutely. So what I've been doing, as soon as it starts to come up, mm-hmm. I do a uh, one to two ratio of inhale, exhale through the nose. Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, it's generally a four count inhale, eight count exhale. As soon as the stress starts come up, I start to like, okay, here comes stress. Okay, there's something I can do about it. Mm-hmm. And over time, the self-regulation, ah, I mean, self-awareness, uh-oh. Okay, self-regulate. Oh, uh, yeah. And so the same thing in traffic. And another thing, like every time somebody cuts me off, I'm like, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you, man. And I can, you can feel like in my chest or wherever that anxiety is, I'll breathe into that. Yep. Like right where I'm feeling it. I'll fill that up. That anxiety I'm feeling, I fill it up with air. And then, you know, you're right. Yep. And then you're like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. So that, and a little extra credit here. So we're gonna. I'm gonna. There's a few different topics here. This is the the one-two breathing. Mm-hmm. Just to, to clarify it a little bit differently from the other things, the one-two breathing. A little extra credit on that is on the exhale. Soft eyes, soft or happy eyes. So let the little brow furrow go. Relax your eyes, and let them be happy. And then throw a little smile in. Absolutely, man. Those things, like, aren't just psychological. They have, there's other cranial nerves that you're um, affecting, and it's affecting your vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. So it's affecting your happiness. Yep. And your ability to move more into a rested and relaxed state. Yeah, you start even moving the chemicals in your body, in your brain. Okay, you a little drop of dopamine and you know, happiness when you start emulating that in your body. Yep you just start feeling better. It's, you know, it's, it can be exactly what you're talking about. It can be scientifically proven. They monitor your body and what's yep. going on. You're affecting those nerves. You're affecting the chemicals released in your body in a positive way. So. Yep. And, I'm, and I also think it's important to know all these things are scientifically proven. These aren't theoretical things. Yeah, right. We're not just pulling these out of our butt. No. And the, so even the inhale tends to be a sympathetic and the exhale is parasympathetic. So that's why the exhale is longer. Yeah. So that's the one, two breathing. And I find myself one, two breathing all day long. Cause it's not just like, Oh, I did it today. I'm good. Oh, yeah, no, I I, it's a tool that I'm using all the <laughs> all time, day, baby. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing I'd like to say with that too, is just breathing through my nose, through your nose yeah. as much as possible throughout the day, just really calm, relaxed in and out through the nose. I find like sometimes now I'll get, I'll find myself and I'm angry and maybe it's at my girlfriend or whatever. It could be the dog, whatever. I'm just feeling my life stepping in now, but I'm, I'm checking in way more. I'm going way more inward and seeing, okay, where am I at right now? How am I breathing? And typically we even, even I'm not talking about like extremely pissed, but just lightly fatigued, like a little angry about something, whatever. I'll notice that I'm, I'm breathing in through my nose maybe, but my mouth is open and I'm exhaling through my, and as soon as I shut my mouth, I just shut my mouth. And just breathe just through my nose. I'm, I mean, within seconds of me shut my mouth and do like exactly what you're talking about. One focused breath with my nose. That one, I'm like, okay. I mean, again, I'm not talking about extreme stuff, but you can just start feeling when you, I'm a little, uh, hmm. shut my mouth, breathe through my nose, mm-hmm. continue breathing through my nose. And, and it makes a big difference. So, yeah. 
And also, besides those little moments, mm-hmm. uh, that one-two breathing has been very effective in the moment of a high-stress situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh yeah, not just. I mean, it could work anything from being in a, a boardroom meeting to a presentation to uh, a vehicle pursuit. Absolutely. To a shooting, to all. It works on all spectrums. The one-two. Mm-hmm. And it could be something, it could be two, it could be a two count, four count, but you work up four count, eight count, find what works for you and just use it for your ability. Because when you, when you get back into that, that parasympathetic state, it also helps you see, it helps you detach. It helps you make decisions. Yeah. Uh, again, you have stimulus, whatever that is, external environment, right? Stuff happens in the world. Yeah. It actually just happens. And then we bring ourselves and then we identify it as stress. You know, it's like, it's just happening. Right. It happens. It's going to happen. Man. Right? That's life. That's yeah. part of life. That's man. what I'm saying. Things happen. Yeah. And stress isn't a bad thing. It's, no. you know, it's just part of life. And we just, how are we going to deal with it? And then you bring your brain housing unit over and you perceive that thing that is happening. Right. So you have stimulus and then you have response. And so these tools that we're, we're going over is going to help you that little tiny space between the stimulus and the response is where you get to choose how you're going to react to it Absolutely. or choose how to think about it. Yeah. And so within that little realm, that little bubble, you can blow that bubble bigger with some nice, smooth, controlled exhales. Mm-hmm. You know, next thing you know, you've deescalated something. Yeah. Or you've, oh, let me sit back and think about this. All these things can be done immediately with a, f- a, few, um, uh, a few of these breaths. And some awareness. So that's the one-two breathing. And na- nasal breathing is another big one that I just recently kind of heavily got into. Um, I didn't wasn't as aware of how beneficial it is. Again, yeah. nose hairs like it, it it puts the air at a proper temperature. Right. It you know it warms the air. It cleans the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also when we mouth breathe, we tend to be uh, shallow chest breathing which is a sign of being in the sympathetic state, which is, again, fight or flight. Right. And we're trying to not stay there forever because over time you get inflammation. And inflammation is a pathway to all the stuff that kills us. Yeah, absolutely. Like cardiovascular disease, yeah. diabetes. We definitely want to stay parasympathetic as much as we can. Exactly. You know, So we build up our – but some of the training that we do – we build up our tolerance levels. You know, So you have, you have to kind of push it. So there's times when I'm working out that I'm going to be working – sympathetic intentionally putting myself in that mode which i don't know jumping ahead but you know mm-hmm. just the ice obviously does that different things you know fighting just to do that but then you so you push the limit and then you're in control even when you're in a sympathetic situation you are in a fight or flight but you're still in control and how even when in these intense moments you can bring yourself yep. back down so it's yeah but yeah i'm with you that it, throughout the day if i can stay in parasympathetic and just this chill mode it's yeah, it's great for longevity and so many health issues like you're talking about with the you know the inflammation throughout your body and just pain throughout our body and emotional pain and just like mm-hmm. how that we have this tool, the breath that connects us to all that able to calm down. Quick example on fighting, any, well I mean anything, but any fighting. The like, being a better breather is like jumping up several belts. It's yes. like it's like, like if you. Yeah. If you don't know how to breathe, you're going to lose. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I, we were just sharing. I didn't really get into it, but I, I started going back to jujitsu classes, and my my strength was stand up fighting. You know, Taekwondo, Krav Maga, just some ground, but mostly stand up. And anyway, but I went to back to jujitsu knowing that you know I'd like to know some more of that. So, but I was really going as a study because I'm so into the breath. I wanted to talk to think about how are these guys breathing. So I I really keyed in on this one black belt. The guy's amazing, and I was just watching him roll. And from the beginning, and they they were rolling, and, you know, if you don't know, rolling, and you know, they're like, they're basically fighting on the ground doing jujitsu, trying to you know get in people in submissions. And anyway, I'm watching this guy go, and but I'm keying in on his breathing. My main focus is like, how's this cat breathing? So I'm watching him roll. He's breathing, nose breathing. You're watching him. His mouth is shut. Mm-hmm. He's just rolling. Around. He's so relaxed. He's just nose breathing, going. And as it kept going, he then he finally because it, we're talking that he was going for like close to an hour and a lot of other guys all mouth breathing towards the end there holding their breath you know trying to you know they're holding their breath and all this other stuff i watched him and he was still just amazing and just fluid and relaxed he did shift because it's a natural shift that he was going for like 45 minutes so then he was like inhale to the nose and i noticed his mouth was slightly open because look anyone after a certain amount of time you, you you have to shift but it was amazing for me to, you know, to watch the same kind of stuff you're talking about. He's in the middle of the battle to be that, that calm, the Zen in the middle of the battle. It's relaxed. And just, you just, you were saying you just jump up the belt levels. Yeah. You just watch, watch the white belt, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just watch him at belt levels until you get to this Mac black belt master. He's nose breathing, calm, relaxed while he's in the middle of this battle. When he's ah, these other guys are trying to take him out. It's, that it's was obvious in the Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor fight. Mm. In the beginning, they were fine, but then Connor's mouth dropped. Yeah, and he was mouth breathing. I'm yeah. like, ah, there he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sign, definitely. Uh, all right, so a few other breathing tactics because I want to get into the Wim Hof breathing. Um, you have box breathing, box breathing, combat breathing, warrior breathing, mm-hmm. um, cadence breathing, square breathing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, that is another such a universal. Uh, beneficial tool. I think it's probably like if I had to tell anyone, if I had to give them one tactic t- on how to breathe or a breathing uh, uh, exercise, it'd probably be box breathing. Yeah, it's one of the first ones I've learned early yeah. on. But I actually learned it in yoga class, and then I started applying it myself in life. And when I was on SWAT training, I'm sure mm-hmm. I've told you the story. I was like on up there on the line. I was feeling nervous. My heart was racing. I was like, and everyone was watching. It was like one guy shot at a time. We we're shooting metal mm-hmm. plates and my mind started racing. And well, in yoga practice, they would do it like you're on the mat and you're there in some deep stance on the, and you're like, your mind starts racing. You just go to the breath. And I did it on yoga mat and it's like, oh, this shit actually works. I've been taking these deep breaths, like in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. Then I can actually hold this posture longer. Well, all of a sudden my mind was racing on the range and I'm like, fuck dude, just go to your breath. So I started in for four, hold for four, exhale for four. And so I just started doing these deep breaths with these holds until they tapped me on my shoulders, my turn. And I, shoop, I raised up, you know, and I shot well that day mm-hmm. and I was relaxed and calm. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff, man. That, so that is such, so yoga, you're putting your body in a goofy, uncomfortable position. Yes. But in yoga, you learn to be in a goofy, uncomfortable, stressful, stressful position and being completely relaxed and comfortable with it. Yeah, that's the key, man. Relaxing your face, relaxing your scalp, your neck, your ears, your hands, and then focusing on your breath and knowing that, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. 
And that's where, yeah. that's where it translates to external stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, then, uh, you know, people watching you or life stress, you can learn to, oh, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. I can do this. I'm calm. I can back to the breath. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting because the breath, I mean, I've been, I've been teaching yoga here recently and, um, I got away from my breath practice over the few years. Of course I've been back since the Wim Hof. I've gotten way back into the breath. But, you know, you start taking yoga and I've been doing yoga for years and it's really it's supposed to be about the breath. And they talk about the breath some, but I was like, yeah, OK, I would do some of the breathing. Uh, but a lot of it was about the asana it was about the figure, you know, the the, the physical movement. Um, now I'm like, I'm, I've gotten way deeper and like, yeah, these old yogis knew what they were talking about, man. And it's really the main focus is the breath for sure. Uh, there's also a lot of other um, breathing tactics. People have been asking, like, what? how do I deal with stress? And again, um, it's breathing. And all of these things I do, especially we'll get into the Wim Hof, but there's another cue that I want to share with people. And that is, and I'm going to say the word ocean breath <laughs> because I don't, the Sanskrit word is hard for me to say. Yeah. And we kind of, yeah, I don't know. We just, I want to, I like, I heard it, but, but maybe people that I've, that were teaching me, yeah. we're not doing, you know, but the, the yogis in LA that, you know, then, and I've, I've gone to India. I trained in India a little bit too, but I don't know that they, you know, my Sanskrit is definitely not on top, but it's oceanic breath, which is typically, you know, the, the Ujjayi breathing and letting it drag through the back of the throat. And that is important because it slows the exhale down, right? So it sounds like that, right? So instead of just That's going <laughs> and letting everything just fall out, you can make a slow release. And that slow release helps... Um, one, it helps stimulate the vagus nerve, but also helps put you back to a parasympathetic state. And the sound of it is kind of cool if you want to picture waves. Yeah. I do that al- almost all the time. And I, I keep it quietly to myself. So it shouldn't be at a volume that your neighbor, so, someone like a couple of spots over from you can hear. If well, it just depends. When yeah, you're, if no, you're on exactly. your mat, your yoga mat, then yes. it absolutely, you should be able, that is one of the instructions, you should be able to hear your breath, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know the, the partner next to you, let them hear you breathe, you know, on the mat. But yeah, if you're out yeah. in a supermarket well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying exactly. Yeah. 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 You may not want to, yeah, 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 yeah. while yeah. you're picking out your right. Wow, he needs to exercise. <laughs> He's asthmatic <laughs> over here. This dude, yeah. So the breath, one of the cues that I learned uh, is you put a little constriction in your throat, but it, it's like the when you're exhaling to put fog on a mirror mm-hmm. or you're trying to like see your breath. It's like this. Yeah. Right. Like you can do it with your mouth open, but eventually you close your mouth. And so it's like a. And then also on the inhale. Yeah. And it's a cool sound. So that just hearing this right now is like making me like relax and want to take a nap. Yeah. You got me going. So that is the ocean breath, and it's a very useful tool. Absolutely. Now, um, I want to talk about the Wim Hof breathing because it's super, super important. And if I could give anyone a gift, it would be to go somewhere comfortable and be there, be there in the moment, here, now, without judgment, and let it go. Mm -hmm. Now, the Wim Hof breathing... I'm going to say it from my layman's term. It, it's 30 to 40 power breaths, but let's just say 30 for the sake of the, the example. Yeah. 30 power breaths or controlled super ventilation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so one breath is a deep inhale, mm-hmm. all the way in, and then relaxed exhale. Yes. And so the so the air just falls out of you. Yeah. And so I had to learn this, but when I was letting the air go, it's not a full exhale of the lungs. You're not right. letting all the air out. It's like a little it's like eighty percent. Yeah, it's like a little. Yeah. yeah, it's just. And whatever comes out right there, you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's fully in, hundred percent in, and then letting it go. And I love the way Wim Hof says, "Let it go, let it go." And he says it all deep with his accent, and it sounds great. So it's a, again, all the way in, and then let it go. And so you do that thirty to forty times. So again, 30, 30 power breaths, and then on the thirtieth breath, that exhale. You exhale and then hold. And in this moment, you're not necessarily holding your breath because you don't really have one to hold. You're holding 20% or whatever is left over in your lungs, you can hold onto that. But it's different from what like I used to know is holding your breath. What I used to know is bringing the air in <gasps> and then the holding breath. onto it because it's mine. I don't want you know. So this is, it's, you're just not breathing. How about that? Yeah, you're not breathing. And then nothing's coming in, nothing's going out. You're just sustaining, which is an amazing moment because at that moment, then not even your lungs are have to work. Like if you want to relax and you really, it sounds kind of like initially like that sounds stressful because you're holding your breath. But when you're in that, because you've oxygenated your entire body, because you've been doing this deep breathing. So now you've got all this oxygen inside your blood and you, you can, you can hang out there for a while. And really it's because of the exiting, helling and getting rid of all the CO2. You've really gotten a real lot of CO2. So now you can hang out there and not breathe for a while. And that's really when your body can be the most at rest because you're not even having to breathe. The mud is not even having to work the lungs. The diaphragm's not even having to go up and down. None of the muscles have to work. You're oxygenated. So if you can just get out of your mind and start doing this stuff for a while, the more you do it, you realize, I am so at peace right now. I don't even have to freaking breathe because I've got so much oxygen in me that I'm actually, I'm not breathing. And I like how you can get this real relaxed hold. And so it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm going to hold it forever. You're just there and to like really enjoy that moment where I am such stillness right now. I'm not even freaking breathing. And you're just at like peace, man. It's, it's a... Uh, it's a chill moment, you know. Yep. It's, it's really something, some beauty to the, as you said, the apnea, to the hold, to just being in this complete stillness where yeah. you know, nothing's going on. That moment. Yeah. And again, well, let me, let me, once you do feel the need to breathe, know that you don't have to breathe. Like, you don't need it yet. Yeah. It's like the body's reaction to, oh, I'm hungry. You don't need it. And you're like, ah, no, I'm okay. <laughs> right. You know, just because you've, you, you feel it doesn't need, mean you need it. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? And so then you, you go a little bit longer. Hang you go a little, a little longer. bit longer. Yeah. But you don't go until you're twitching and like about to die. You yeah, know? yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> but then when you, ha- when you really feel the need to breathe, deeply inhale, mm. deep, fill it all the way in, and then hold on to that. And this is part, of, then you squeeze it, right? You kind of flex on it and you picture like squeezing and getting can. the oxygen to the brain. Can you hold that for 10 to 15 seconds? Oh, that might go already. Right? <laughs> yeah, 10 no, to 15 seconds. Yeah. And that's one round. Yeah, that's one round. You did 30 of those and you held it, you bled it out, you held it and you suck it in and you hold it and that's one round. Yep. Yep. So that is one round of the Wim Hof breathing. Yeah. Now, the hold, I want to go back and talk about the part where you're not breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, Milo and I, we both like to lay on our backs, like 
palms to the ceiling, like a dead man, a d- mm. dead man's corpse or corpse pose, yep. dead man, shavasana. Uh, I've done it like that. I've done it sitting in my car. I've done it in a. Uh, uh, hold on, because I just have to say because yeah, yeah. other certified people like it. Don't do this in your car. Don't do this, especially while you're driving. It's one thing to do the deep breathing, do some breaths to relax yourself while you're driving, but don't be doing the hold. Yeah, because <laughs> like, you could pass out. You could pass out if you're like holding your breath and like going down the. <laughs> yeah, I should, I should clarify. Yeah. It was yeah. a parked car. Okay, good. Parked yeah, car. Yeah. All right, parked car's okay. Because in between, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I wake up, you know, home can be stressful. I get, I hurry to get to work. I'm in a car. I'm in a traffic. It's stress, stress, stress. I go to a job that's stress. I have organizational stress. I have people stress. Wearing a uniform by itself is stress. Yeah, I got, I just got to, I got to back, I, I, no. I got to back you up. Just so when you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes to take one breath right there and realize in that moment, because I know you, you, and you turn me on to this, dude. We have so many things that mm-hmm. I feel are vibing at the same time as gratitude. Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning, you take one mindful breath. And be thankful that you freaking woke up that day. Because yep. guess what? Every night there's like a million people that pass and die. So your first breath that you're mindful of and go, I'm here, man. Okay, go on with your story. No, no, no I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up yeah. because um, the thought and the words I have is being deeply rooted in gratitude. Mm. If you are deeply rooted in gratitude, you're going to set yourself up for a happy life. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And so in those moments, and so sometimes when I wake up, I wake up to a five-year-old uh, atomic booty drop <laughs> on my head. <laughs> so my first breath uh, right. isn't so <laughs> pure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, you know, and, and again, I like, I would love to be able to wake up, not eat, have a nice empty stomach, and do four rounds of Wim Hof breathing. Yeah. That's not always the case for me because right. of, of what's going on well, in life. I was like, say, if a little kid drops on your face and that's your first breath of more, then they can be thankful for that. Too. Absolutely. Like, oh my God. Look no, at that's what I'm saying. I have, gratitude, just, I have yeah, gratitude like, for that. Yeah, I, don't, right. I don't have anger. I'm not like, right. oh my gosh, because of you, I can't <laughs> do my right, four right, rounds right, of Wim Hof breathing. Launch him across the room. Yeah, man. Right, sometimes, no. <laughs> I'll get, sometimes I do it at nighttime when they go to sleep. You know, I make yeah, it work. But that I want to talk about that resting period. So, yes, I've done it and I've done it. At a parked park car, car yeah. I've done actually. I, I've gone up and just parked at the top of the structure, yeah. facing the ocean. Like Beautiful. I get it where I can, and yeah. so. But my favorite overall position when doing is on my back, so I can be completely relaxed. Because absolutely, yeah. in the moment of not breathing, has been like it's almost like some like the deepest, happiest, most peaceful meditation that I've ever done. Yeah. And it's a, a very, very, very vital and important journey inward. And in fact, during the beginning of this, during the beginning of uh, this episode, I was talking about, um, you know, when you focus it, when you focus your attention inward, you able to connect with God. So I've had this relationship like, you know, God, what is God? Like, what does that mean to, you know, it means different things to different people. Yeah. But I've also found like, it's the light. You know, it's the life source. It's this universal connection that we all have. Yeah. And then you can find that in that breath hold going inward. Mm. And it's such a powerful journey inward. And so while you're in there, while the body's in a relaxed state, you can also start scanning from the top of your hair follicle on your scalp going all the way down and searching for tension and almost making this cognitive, like, clearing of it and just letting that tension go. Yeah. And I've also learned that 
doing this breathing, it helps you go from your move your blood from um, uh, acidic to alkaline, affecting the pH yeah. levels of your blood. Absolutely does. Yeah, that can again scientifically be shown. If you take your alkaline levels before and you do it after, you're gonna yep. shift. Yeah. I also learned that neurotransmitters work better in uh, alkaline blood. It's almost like clearing the traffic off the freeway for the neurotransmitters to work. So it helps your yeah. your mind body connection. Yeah, everything's working better, man. It's cellular yeah, right? level, man. The mitochondria are creating way more energy for your body. Like, yeah, it's just your whole system is working better. So you, ha you have that, and whatever amount of time you held it for, um, it generally increases each round. Yeah, yeah, your hold can increase yeah. each round typically. Yeah, you just get yeah, yeah. more and more oxygenated and more and more COT out, and yeah, so therefore you can hold your breath longer, yeah. And another important thing, and Milo and I talked about this offline, was... I used to time the holds. Right. And then I found that I was trying to beat my time and was kind of stressing about the time. <laughs> right. I've been there. There's yeah. been a thing. Oh, I'm going to try and beat it. And now I'm sitting here having a competition, stressing about a competition and losing the fact of yeah. I'm, mi I'm missing out on my whole peaceful moment here. <laughs> yeah, right. So it didn't uh, work for me, so I stopped right. doing it. I And I feel like that's a common thing. And the same thing, I did the same thing. I was doing the timing, and then it got to the point, uh, and then I just, it's so much better without it now. Yep. There's times that, there are times, though, when I've held my breath for a really freaking long time without even trying. I just get in that zone, and then I, I have, and I take my breath, and I'm like, whoa. I wasn't even aware, but that was a long freaking time. I kind of checked out for a second. I was still holding my breath. What? How long was that? So there, there's been times that I was, more out of curiosity than record breaking, but maybe it's a little bit of record breaking too. But they're like, they're just wondering because sometimes yep. you can actually be holding the breath, continue to hold the breath. But a lot of times the focus is on holding the breath and holding the breath. But then all of a sudden you'll be holding it and you're not even thinking about holding it anymore. And you're just in this really peaceful state, man, and blissed out. And yep. then and then you kind of come back and like, holy shit, I was holding my breath that whole time. And I really, really, cool. um, if you guys have not, I mean, I think Milo and I will agree on this that we both encourage you to give this a shot if anything give this a shot yeah man that and the beauty of it and when you go through you know i went through the instructor's program and the beauty of the wim hof method is that it's it's easy the application is this isn't this is easy to do what happens inside your body the science of it is pretty freaking miraculous and you can yep. get way into it and that could be complicated actually if you really get into it uh it's but it's all good stuff that i'm seeing happening but the actual application is yep. you know to quote you know Wim Hof, breathe, motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean that's Wim Hof's thing. Yeah. I mean when I when I found like a guru that's like breathe, motherfuckers, and that's his thing. I'm like, who is this guy? I like yep. this dude. So that I mean that's that's it. Just breathe, motherfuckers. You breathe, and then you you know you do like thirty like you're saying, breathe, and then you exhale, hold, and then breathe in again, and then repeat. You know, yep. do that three or four times and feel what you feel. You know, it, it's and and you and it's another thing that they talk about is feeling is understanding. Like you and I and I, we can talk about this, and it's great. I'm, it you know, I don't even know if I've told you this. I'm sure well, I, I have. But I'm telling you again. Thank you so much for having me on. This is such a cool opportunity, mm -hmm. um, and we can talk about it, all the science of it, and how you know bitching it is, and what we've gotten out of it, and how cool and all that stuff. Uh, but feeling is understanding. That's mm -hmm. when like, Absolutely. okay, guys, enough talking. Let's breathe. And then you start breathing, and you're like, yes, you know, and you're like, you'll feel it. Yep. So, yeah, so I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm with you. Advise people, breathe. Just, you know, take some deep breaths and see what we're talking about. Um, we are also in the sh uh, short term here going to put out some, some uh, probably do some videos uh, and kind of showing um, 
my black ice, my chest freezer, uh, might even mix in Milo's freezer and some other stuff that we're talking about. So you have a white visual. ice. Yeah. Yeah. White ice <laughs> to show it a uh, visual, but also I, I do want to share something and that is, you know, in the interest of, of vulnerability being strength is the first time I really gave the, the four rounds ago, the four, like I sat peacefully, I laid on my back in a quiet environment and I went for it. Yeah. I was in that moment without judgment and just went for it. I chased the tingly feeling I was having. Yeah. Uh, I got lightheaded, but I was, I was laying down. So I knew I was okay. Right. Um, and all those, all the, the, the tingling in my face, the little cramping that I was feeling in my lips, all these things, I went for it. Now, after four rounds, I might've done five. I couldn't, I can't even tell you for sure. Yeah. But a couple of things happened to me. One, I want to point something out. I'm a man. <laughs> okay. And I was crying. What? I want to, I'm saying that out. And so. What a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, I was crying about two seconds ago. All this cost. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Because it's in incredible. that moment, something happened to me. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. And that thing is, and I can't put my finger on it, but what it felt like to me was something that was really, really, really bothering me mm. for a long time mm. was taken away. That's beautiful, Scott. So some type of weird stress, something yeah. heavy on me was taken away. Yeah. And it was almost like, like I was happy again, like a kid. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Well, and, and yeah, it doesn't matter. And, and no. we talked about that. So like I told you briefly about um, Casper, who's fantastic, mm -hmm. man. And he's one of the main instructors. And we got to go, I was a privilege. I got to go and tag along when uh, he was training the Air Force guys there and you know the conversations just kept coming up that those guys and law enforcement as well i mean i think of these things that we see uh like and i without getting to the specifics but i i went on a call and it was a gunshot call and i get there and this girl had just shot herself and had just done it so when i get there she had shot herself but in the head but she was actually still breathing in the back of it because then i found out from fire is the front of the brain i guess is the, what actually keeps you breathing so she her, it was crazy this scene right and then her boyfriend i ended up having to tell him and there's are you kidding me and then he comes home to this and like all this stuff but i'm not there's not a time that there that like i wasn't able to like feel what that was like and then i went back and talked to the guy but there's so many things that we see that one just like it was horrific man mm -hmm. so those kinds of stuff you know kids anything with kids i saw a kid you know in a traffic accident he got hit flown i think you know the cross yard like 100 yards his shoes were still in the crosswalk you know i went there and then we grabbed that kid and took him in the car you know and then the ambulance whatever we, we we actually we escorted the ambulance to the hospital and then seeing the family and then we're gone, right? We're done. We're just, and then we're on to a next thing. And then, mm -hmm. and but we don't have time to digest that stuff. So we're just keep pushing it down. And these guys in the military, they have these, you know, they're going in they're having to shoot people and t I mean, horrific stuff and they don't have time to deal with it then. And they just keep pushing those emotions down and pushing it down. So we keep pushing it down. And so then, and what we'd like to show is something that in this breathing, in this work that you're able to lie there, and then that's stuff that you've pushed down. It doesn't have to necessarily be the memory. It's just the feeling that, that you've suppressed suddenly comes out and is able to be released. And that's what we're hoping to give like the military and police yeah. is a way that, yeah, it, it's not time to cry right then. You, you know, you've got to do what you do. You've got to carry through the mission or whatever that is, the law enforcement, military. You've got to deal with that situation. But then when you come back, you've kept pushing that stuff down. It's going to come out, man, in some way. 
And like, how do you know? And then some of these guys find themselves at the mall and then all of a sudden they feel like crying. They're out there walking through the mall with their kids. Like, why are they feeling weird? Like, what the hell's going on? I got to man up. I'm in freaking Kmart, Blue Light Special, man. Why am I feeling this? Because they push that shit down. It wants to come up. So what's really healthy is to get these soldiers, these warriors, line them down, let them breathe, breathe, and let that stuff come up. Because you look, we're human beings, you know? And I feel like a lot of times, even the guys wearing these uniforms forget they're humans. And then, you know, so this allows when you're doing that deep breath and those holds, that stuff, allowing it, allowing that gateway, just like we talked about, you're opening up, open up your heart, open up your system to allow that stuff to come out and then come through you. And a lot of times that it's going to be in tears, you know, and that you're at least what you felt is what we, that's beautiful, mm-hmm. man. That's what that's, that's being human. Welcome to being freaking human and, you know, and letting some stuff go. It's beautiful. Uh, in my journeys here of learning, I watched a TED talk called uh, Breathe to Heal by Max Strom, Strom, S-T-R-O-M. Yeah, Max Strom, yeah, he's a big breather dude. So he, in this TED talk, specifically said that after about three to five minutes of deliberate breathing and, and stillness, that that's when grief will come up, especially in males. There it is. And it hit me, I'm like, oh, well, all right. Yeah, like, and it's one of this is that's a perfect example of he says that and he's right on, and then you you know it's true because feeling is understanding. Yeah, you've done it. Well, you I had the feeling first. It. Yeah, yeah, you do it first. And the understanding came later. Right, right. Yeah, you flipped it. Yeah. So that's the breathing component, the the, the basic breathing component of the Wim Hof method. Uh, we also went over the the one two breathing. There's also the we can't you know without mentioning the circle breathing or just. Yeah. And I just want to say, yes. tapping on what you're saying, that is, is like, if so for the listeners and you start doing this, don't, you know, don't trip. You're in yeah. control. And just like what you said, Scott, is like, you decide to go for it. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to breathe and I'm going to breathe like a motherfucker. I'm going to keep breathing. The tingles and things will happen. And I'm just going to keep breathing. But like, you obviously, it's like a throttle. If they, you mm-hmm. know, if you start, people start feeling stuff, maybe they, they're not ready, yep. you know, to have whatever come up. Then, then just relax your breath. You know, you might start, if you're, you're breathing in an abnormal way, you're going to start feeling abnormal. You want to start feeling normal again? Start breathing normal again. Just, you know, come back. It's a, it's that, you know, it's not, uh, it's not, I don't know, LSD. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, this isn't yeah. a trip you can't come back from. You're in control the whole time. You know, you have the throttle. You know? I also want to point out sometimes on the breathing, it's okay if you mess up a breath. You know, if yeah. you're doing it, you're like, oh, that wasn't a fully. What's interesting that you say that is that we're talking back about judgment. That's, you know, self-judgment is like be present in every breath and like, but that's real common. I find, you know, whatever, it still comes up and still doing that, you know, and then just be be at the next breath, 100% in and let it out. And yeah, Yeah, that's a good point, though, because that's an easy thing to do is you'll be judging your own breath and just just breathe. Uh, Another point uh, in my life um, of doing studying, because it's funny how like, I learn and I read things and then I get like, again, the understanding comes later and I circle back to like 10 years ago and something I read. I'm like, Oh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. And one of those things was in way of the peaceful warrior by Dan Millman. Great book. We both read it. And he's talking about, uh, it's one uh, of the three books I've read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he says, don't just breathe. Let the air breathe you. So just keeping that in mind and some of the breathing things have been kind of an interesting, like that's cool oneness with like the environment. It's almost like the environment and the plants and other people in the world needs you to breathe. Mm, That's really cool. I like that. Just an interesting thought when you're doing it. So 
Moving into cold exposure. Yeah. People are like, ah, what? You're crazy. Why would you get in 32 degree water? Yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you? So, cold exposure has a lot of benefits. Emotional, psychological, physical. It affects your immune system, right? Your cardiovascular system, your blood vessels. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. In fact, you had recently made a post on your Instagram about the benefits of cold showers. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's what we advise people to do is, mm-hmm. is gradual cold exposure. You know, when says, oh, you start with cold showers, even just, you know, take a regular hot shower or whatever, normal shower. And at the end, turn it off, go like 30, 60 seconds cold shower at the end is what, you know, start, start there. Don't necessarily start in an ice bath, but yeah, start doing cold showers and, and, and work your way up because yeah, the benefits are, are really awesome and it really starts at like 54 degrees in my research is that that uh, you start getting the benefits um, and it could even be warmer that to be honest even just the psychological benefits of when you're yep. in a cold shower even the cardiovascular you're in a warm hot shower and then you switch it over even if it's 65 degrees and you get that big switch it's going to change your body autonomically it's you're it's going to change you're going to start moving blood it's going to start shifting to control your body to adapt yep. so so in your in your body, your your, your arteries and veins uh, dilate and constrict, which means they open and close. That's how it moves blood around. Yep. There's little. I don't know if this is the right term, but like let's just say there's little muscles around those arteries that do that. Cold exposure. Oh, actually, even going a little bit further, hot and cold exposure, um, train those muscles. So it's like your 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 uh, your circulatory system is getting a workout because yeah. you're training the muscles that control that system. Yeah, which is like eighty thousand miles worth of system. It's yeah. like three yeah. trips around the earth. Yeah, it's like, like if I took all the veins out in your body and wrapped them around the earth, they'd go around there like three or three times or something, like that, and you would die. Even if it went. Up the street, it's still like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, and they talk about, I, I'm trying to remember the, the name of that, that they, you know, they travel around and they have those those bodies and they show their actual uh, vessels. Uh, and, um, yes, the... Um, you're with me, you know what I'm talking uh, about, Body people. X, X, X. Oh, man. The listeners all know. And they're like, yeah, the cadavers are going around, the, body yeah. worlds, maybe. Yeah, I think that is something, maybe. But those, it's fascinating because you can actually see... And the hands are amazing when you see all the blood vessels on, and it's on the, the hands and the feet. And that's when you get in the ice, you feel it the most. And what's interesting in the, in the cold, if you just put your hand in there, it's harder than putting your whole body. And when I heard that, I was like, nah, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds like bullshit, but it actually truly is. Even if I test myself now, I'll put my hand in there. I'd rather have my whole body because if you just have your hand in there, your mind is telling you the whole rest of your body is okay. Only your hands in there, get it out. So your mind, the nerve endings, mm-hmm. all the nerve endings are going to be like, get it out, it's hurt, it's cold, it's fine, get it out, get it out. But if you put your whole body in there, then your mind's like, shit, my whole body's in here. I got to just mm-hmm. adapt, accept. So it's actually easier to accept when your whole body's in there opposed to just your hand and, and the nerve endings in your hand. So anyway, I go ahead. Vascular constriction, yep, yep. dilation, moving so, to the blood. But all these things, the science is there, right? It's, yeah. it's there. Like it affects your immune system. People that are exposed to the cold tend to have a higher white blood cell count. And that's been proven through through the Wim Hof method. Yeah. But again, starting off with a cold shower. So going warm, 
this is trippy for some people. And I was one of them. If you're listening and you haven't done this stuff and we sound crazy, I promise that was me. <laughs> I was like, no way. I don't like cold. I don't want to do a cold yeah, shower. I mean, the ocean yeah. is too cold for me. No. Yeah. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, do something. You know, we talked about the dream of doing something and challenging yourself. And yeah. so I started off with a warm and then I would slowly bring it down, like throughout the shower, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. And then would spend the last 30 seconds or so on cold. Yeah. And I sit there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. hyperventilating. Mm -hmm. But then, so there's a psychological component here. Huge. And f this is the way I, I tell people, especially if you're a CrossFitter or, or a cyclist or a marathon runner. Or, a marathon is a good example. Okay. If you're running a marathon and you start to hurt, do you stop? First of all, doing the marathon itself, that's difficult. Hey, that's, you want to go run 26 miles? Uh, yeah, that sounds crazy. Okay, yeah, that's, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah let me go do it. Here's some money. <laughs> uh, so just facing it, facing a struggle or something difficult is important for a human being. Absolutely, yeah. So you face a struggle, mm -hmm. number one, and then in that struggle, you're faced with several moments of pain. And all of a sudden, you're doing something, and ow, it's hurting. This is hurting. This is discomfort. In that moment, what do you do? Do you stop? Do you quit? Is that it? Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm done. Or do you keep going? And why do we keep going? Sometimes, for some people, it's because they know there's going to be a health benefit. They know if they finish that, they're going to be healthier. They're going to be stronger. They're going to be more fit. They're going to be a better parent. It'll make them a better policeman, you know, whatever the case may be. There's benefit at the end of the tunnel, mm -hmm. but there's also the benefit in the tunnel and days later, uh, and that is having a sense of pride of overcoming a challenge. Yeah. So you see that in marathons. You see that in a CrossFit workout where someone's doing thrusters and they start getting pain. You, you, do, well, you keep going and you're, you hold your head up. Posture means a lot, right? Mm -hmm. You stand up strong and you face it. You don't crumble. You don't cower. It's the same thing with the cold exposure. Yeah, similar, yeah, for sure. It's the same thing. So when, now here's a little insight into my psychology. At first, the, that cold water punked me, defeated oh, yeah. me. Even before I started to touch the handle, it had defeated me. <laughs> and cold water is cold water. It doesn't, it's cold water. Right. And so it, it was already psychologically defeating me before I even tried it. And then I recalibrated myself. Yeah. And so this water is starting to come over me and it was challenging me. Now I wanted to kind of cower and move away from it. And I'm like, well, wait a second. And then I said some things out loud. I actually said this stuff out loud. Right. And, I, and for some reason, this is what came out of me. Uh -huh. And I'm sorry, kids, if you're listening. <laughs> but this came out, earmuffs if you're too young. I said, fuck you, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> For, <laughs> that's what came out. That's awesome. And I, would, I didn't plan, that's yeah. what came out because it, it, it brought up a little bit of aggression <laughs> of like, how dare you try, you right. are trying to defeat me and punk me. No, right. Right. no, you're just cold water. Not today. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. just a cold water, like you're just a little cold water. Right. <laughs> and all in life, I can be uncomfortable for a minute. We're living in a society like of mm. air conditioning and heating and mm. perfect shoes and stretchy pants and all this <laughs> stuff. And we've come like we're very privileged here. I know there's other friends, you know, especially yeah, my friends I, out I in South Africa. I got some stretchy pants. Just yeah, right. But, you know, I have friends out and I know they're probably listening out in South Africa that have been through a lot worse than we have it now. Oh, hell yeah. Man. So 
There's luck. villages that don't have hot water ever. Yeah. So I can deal with that for one minute. And so this water that was creating fear and punking me and ca- making me cower, I flipped it on it. And I looked at it and I'm like, no, I'm going to use you for strength. And next thing you know, it's like I actually started to enjoy it. My posture changed. I understood the body's uh, shifting over to a sympathetic state. Yeah. So I started to control it. I started to breathe. My buddy, um, um, oh, I forget his name here. George Ryan. There we go. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Long time LEPD guy, D team, SWAT guy, years. He writes uh, a ton of meditation stuff for law enforcement in, in like Caliber Press and um, Police Mag, Police Magazine. Been doing it for a long time. He gave me a cue. He says, look up to the sky and focus on your breath. And I'm like, well, George, there's a ceiling there. Come on. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's looking beyond that. It's looking up yeah, and yeah. focus on the breathing. Yeah, I remember Th- you told me that. And in my the way my freezer's set up is that you know I'm outside, and I often do that. I actually literally look up to the sky, and it, it's actually calming. I'll look up to the sky and look, and I'll see uh, clouds. And maybe I'm kind of a little freaked out and I'll watch clouds and they can barely be moving. And I'm like, everything kind of, you know, slows down like a minute when you're in the freezer and the freezing cold water, a minute seems like what, like a half an hour. I mean, it's crazy how it shifts time. So I'm up there looking at the cloud and then even though it's moving so slowly, I'll start to see it start to shift and move. And I'm like, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So you're detaching from a stress, which is important. Um, and yeah. you're, you're very present on a very particular thing. Right. I would like to say this, because I want to say that, because I practice different things. There's yes. times I look at, okay, how can I distract from where I'm at inside here? And so, okay, now my mind's in this cloud drifting in the past. But then there are also a lot of times that I go in and I go into my body and doing what you're talking about. And I'm scanning and I'm feeling intentionally into everything, into my pain in my hands, knowing that, you know, that, that my heart is warm and feeling I'm really just into what am I feeling in this moment? Very present to what's going on in this amazing body that I have. Yep. So it's, it's again, it's playing around and trying different things. Um, but especially, I, you know. especially on daily practice. And the same thing, yeah. I do this in the cold shower. So now the progression that I've had, and it's probably pretty universal for, for a lot of people, is that I started spending more time in the cold shower over time to the point where I'm at now is that I don't even turn on the hot water. I just stay cold. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting that that's kind of what you've done just instinctively on your own. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I also like, you know, to uh, pump up the Wim Hof thing, because I, and I say this because I'm with you. We talked about mm-hmm. the reason we do this stuff is because we believe in it yep. and it works for us. We're not going to be spending our time and our energy. I wouldn't be here today talking about this if it wasn't working for me. And you know, you said that same thing. And I, I, I agree. I'm retired, man. I'm going to be doing something that's not working for me. You know, that's mm-hmm. not making me a better human, making me feel better. So I say that, you know, the 10 week, the online 10 week thing that I did through the Wim Hof thing is that's exactly what you're talking about. They walk you through week from week. You start, you're doing slow exposure, taking the warm shower at the end, you're adding a little bit. And then towards the end, at the, like the 10th week, you're doing 10 minute cold showers, which to this day, I was doing, look, I'm in Southern California, but it was the winter. It was the coldest time of the year here. And so the, our showers, our cold showers were truly cold. Yep. And dude, 10 minutes in a cold shower was a long freaking time. And it took me, I went out one night, I went on a date right after I did the 10 minute cold shower, I had a date and I went out with this girl and we went outside to like some art exhibit outside. And I was like, 
I was like, I was having a hard time. I, I could not actually, I was having a hard time warming back up. And we we're talking like an hour, probably like two hours later, we got back to her pad and I could not wait to jump in bed with her. And, and, and the main <laughs> reason up. was to warm up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is like, can you just hold me? <laughs> can, you, can you warm up with you? With you? So yeah, anyways, uh, 10 week online program. That's what I was. <laughs> Could no, get definitely. you in bed with a, a woman. Yeah, tomorrow. right. That's where that leads to. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> um, uh, but the cold. So again, psychologically, you have when I when I'm when I do this in the cold shower. One, I made a commitment, and this is where some of the mindset. I do it, and then I, when I come out, not only do I feel refreshed and crisp and sharp yeah. and more alert, but I also every time I come out of the shower, I feel a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so the, the, there are multifaceted benefits to this stuff. Yeah, you just gave me chills. Like I just came out of the cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I love it. Man. You know, there's been, I felt guilty when I, uh, one time, I made a little bit warm and I got out. <laughs> and I felt lethargic after. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, it's not the same. Yeah. I'll take it one time. Nope. Yeah. It is funny, though, I did, like, Casper, the guy saying what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. He's guy's phenomenal guy. And he says, you know, like, he does it. And someday he goes out there. He's got a, a rigorous practice. And the guy's done some amazing things. And he's been in the ice, well, bass for crazy amounts of time. But anyway, but he says, you know, some days I get it. And then I'm like, I get out, but I'm just not feeling it today. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go take a warm shower now. And, and, yeah. and I warm up. You know, it's just like a workout. Yep. You know, you go there. Some days you're killing it. And then some days you go there. And especially the longer you do it, you're like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it in my body today, man. I'm gonna, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not even going to train or I'm going to train light or whatever. And so it's, it's like that. You start putting your, your finger on the pulse of it and you start knowing what's, what's good. But I, I will say just with, along with what you're saying, like there's never been a time that I get in the ice feeling one way and I get out and I feel better. Even if I'm feeling good, when I get mm-hmm. out, I'm going to feel even better. Yep. And there's days I have drugged myself out. I mean, I, I'm blessed that, you know, I have this tank now in the back, just like you, you know, you got that when I, I go out there and I'm like, I, there's days I don't want to get in. I'm like, ah, I'm not feeling like, no, I got to go. I know it's not like your job anymore, but maybe I got to go teach yoga. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll climb. I'm like, I'm not, I don't have any energy. I'll get in there. Boom. What? <laughs> and I let it take me away. I'm, <laughs> I get in this zone. I'm there for a little while. Maybe even in, in some days, maybe like 90 seconds or so. I think as I'm, I just wait for that blood transfer, the blood to go from my legs, my arms, around in my core body to keep me safe. And I get that, that, that vascular, cardiovascular workout, you know, and then I, I know I'm good. I hang that for a little bit and I get out, boom. And I get out and I feel, it's like a different dude. Yep. If you did the before and after, you know, I'm like, woo, <laughs> I get the, the dopamine drop. Cause when you get out of the ice, the brain basically says, thanks dude for getting out. I don't know what you were doing in there, but here's a little dopamine for getting out. And mm-hmm. you're like, you're, you're jacked and you feel good and your metabolism is going and you're, you know, you're, you're ready. You're ready to take on the day. So yeah, there's also uh, something to point out and that is uh, gradual exposure builds up um, your, your, your cold tolerance, I think. Yeah, totally, man. Um, so I think you saw that cause the last time we hung out, I got in your, we were at, you were doing a, a little, on a four or five hour Wim Hof course. Yeah, the fundamentals and, course, yep. And then getting in your ice, uh, your chest freezer then versus now. Is, yeah, dude. Is like a big difference for me. Huge. And yeah, and that's me too. I mean, the first time I got the ice was at the advanced course for the Wim Hof program, a weekend course. I'd never done, I'd done showers. I'd never done the ice. And this was like a bunch of people getting into ice baths. 
And I got in and it, you know, it wasn't pretty. I try and, you know, and the thing mm-hmm. is, especially when you first try and there's a bunch of people around and you're first doing it, you, you can't fake it. No. You can't fake it. You're you going to go out there. Yeah, the ice is going to, you are going to be the ice's bitch, right? I yeah. mean, the first way you, you get in, it's like, <laughs> and the ice is just like, yeah. yeah. And it's owning you. And people, everyone's watching, you know, I'm like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, new guy. You know, and whatever, they've been there. We've all, trust me, mm-hmm. I, and anyone, when you're new and you're getting the ice baths for the first time, and, and that's why the cold showers is key, like you're yep. saying, the gradual thing, uh, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to own you. But yeah, like seeing the difference in like the time, and it really hasn't been that long of a period of time from there, and now it's like, mm, you start to just, it's mental, the mental focus, the breathing, and obviously your body, you start building up brown fat too in your body. Uh, which starts protecting your organs and that you, you know, brown fat is something that we have a lot as, as kids and it's brown because of the mitochondria that actually warms you up and warms mm-hmm. the babies up with the energy just when they're to protect them. And you start losing that as you get older. Uh, uh, but they find people that live in cold climates. So a lot of this is about hardening the body. And, and you touched on it. Like now we live in this era where there's air conditioning, there's heating everywhere we go. It's, oh, it's too hot, air conditioning, heating. Da, da, da. We've gotten soft. The body's lazy. It's really lazy. So it, it just starts if you, you know, it's just like working out. Mm-hmm. If you're not using your muscles, you're not working out, you're going to get soft, man. You sit around on the couch, you're going to get a little belly and your muscles are going to go soft. You got to keep them up. Harding, that's what you're lifting. And, you know, you're, you're, you're whole, there's other parts of your system that are the same way. So the, like this brown fat, for instance, if people are out, they look at people's brown fat levels that live in cold weather, they expose themselves to the cold a lot more. They have more brown fat that protects, protects their body. So if you're going in and out of the ice, you're going to have more brown fat. And another thing that's really interesting that I, I just was looking at is glutathione, which is antioxidants, like the grandmother, father, whatever of all antioxidants is glutathione. People are trying to get that in so many different ways. People get injections. They do all these different th- things. Well, a great way to do it, regular basis. So they, what they did is they did a test of cold water swimmers and, they did, and warm water swimmers. Well, the cold water swimmers that were out in the cold on a regular basis had way higher levels of glutathione because it actually helps them to harden their body against the cold. Well, glutathione not only helps you against the cold, it helps you against a slew of other things of getting sick and it builds up the immune system. So there's just, there's so many benefits. There's a short term, like you're talking about, it builds like, okay, like every time I get in, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I got to overcome it. Every time yep. I get in, I don't, I don't, there's part of me that does not want to get in. It's not natural. I did not want to get in there, but I'm like, I'm getting in. And so just, just doing that, then there's stuff in life that comes up that maybe you really don't feel like doing it, but guess what? You got to do it. It's got to get done, but I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. If you can, tr- if you're taking something as simple as a cold shower on a daily basis, you are going to be much more stress resilient in life. Yeah, absolutely. They did a, another test. I just want to touch on it. You just made me think of it is they, they had people and I don't remember the numbers, but they, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a really a great test with it. A large number of people that took cold showers and then they had people that didn't. And they had people that did like 30 seconds, 60 seconds and 90 seconds. And what they looked at is they're really their, their life. And one of the main things that stuck out is people that called in sick. So they had these people that didn't take cold showers. They more than doubled called in sick on a, a regular basis at their jobs compared to the people that took the cold showers. And part of that, they were saying, well, yeah, well, it was just the mindset, not even that their, their immune system may not have been even stronger, but they're like, I oh, dude, I take cold shower. I'm going to work. Right. I'm like, I just got, I got more heart. So it's just that, cause I have that, I can attitude. So a lot of it, they thought, well, we don't know if it was just kind of a, a, a um, placebo effect or if it was actually their immune system. Who gives a shit? They went no. to work. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. 
So it's, it's that it, it helps the mindset and the body to just give you that I can attitude, yep. you know? So another recommendation out there, if you're depressed or having, especially if you're depressed, if you're feeling stressed out, give this stuff a shot. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I we talked just briefly before the podcast. I've gone through some stuff on my own, man. I've I've dealt with depression, went through divorce, and in, in some different difficult times. And I, I was depressed. I was way down. And, and it's still, it's something that still I still deal with. But mm-hmm. now with this, this tool, having these tools, I I remember I had my daughter. I have two daughters, and one of them, my twenty one year old daughter, who was living with me for a short time, and I was just started doing the ten week thing. And a lot of times I lay down, but sometimes I'll sit up because I've been doing the yoga stuff. So anyway, I'm sitting down, cross-legged, on the, but on the couch, I set myself, you know. So anyway, I'm breathing, and I had done it. And at the end, sometimes I will cry. Emotions come up, but you never know. what. Like sometimes I went for it, and afterwards I was just, I was just like, hi. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing. She came out, and she had some funny pajamas on, and I just, I could not stop laughing, you know. And I was just felt amazing i mean it's just really like we talk about you know the pain coming up but once you start kind of giving a clear you've got to clear that way for yourself and you get that that out then all this left really is just this blissful feeling yep. you know it's really great stuff i'm, I'm so happy to have, have found it for myself and now the ability to share it with others is like anything that we find and knowing you we find something good we test it mm-hmm. like let me let me see and then we're like okay yeah there's something i'm feeling good and then we, you want to share that with other people. You want to, you know, other people. Yeah, to feel yeah. Good. I've had a, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but in my life, and people, even like even my mother-in-law, like they've looked at me sideways or made like a funny facial expression or <laughs> looked at like even the. So for listeners, I have a, it's almost a 20 foot uh, cubic foot chest freezer in my backyard. Yeah, it's legit. Um, that I've customized into a black ice into a black one <laughs> um milo has one at home as well yeah mine looks like a rusty old meat freezer in my video <laughs> but yeah same effect but yours did well, it is a meat freezer it is a meat freezer you haven't freezing my, is, the my meat freezer meat. is being a meat freezer yeah so um just putting it in there and looking sideways at it and so try to avoid that <laughs> i'm saying it's like avoid be in what? the moment like... without judgment and just listen and so yeah, one, right, one of the right, things yeah. i told my i told my mother-in-law is that I'm like, hey, do you think I'm a rational person? <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, you're you're very level headed. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I couldn't I'm ask a- my family that, but go ahead. No, do you think I'm do you think <laughs> I'm smart? Do you think I'm right. intelligent? Do you yeah. think I'm well researched? Yeah. Do you think I'm analytical? Definitely. I was like, okay, then trust me. Right. Yeah. You know what's interesting that I'm going to go back to is you talked about it spreading and it's spreading it globally, not just like, you know, we, I feel like Americans, we like, oh, well, what's it doing in yeah. especially California? What's it doing in California? Like globally, it's, it's spreading and more people are doing it, but it's really kind of this healthy growth. It's not like this crazy yeah. fad thing. It's growing. So for the way that I ju- can partially judge the growth of it is uh, a few years back, I went to um, the advanced course in Beverly Hills. The one that I participated in, there was like 45 people. This is a couple of years ago, like 45 people. They had one advanced course. Now, flash, fast forward a couple of years later, and this was just a couple months ago now, I went to it. Now they held, instead of one, they had to hold two. So now they had 90 people going to the advanced course, uh, and which you know isn't a, a really a cheap thing. It's an investment, and you're there for you know 
two days and whim came to, you know, both days. So anyway, but what was really interesting, so for one, it doubled in size, but to me, what was at the very beginning, they do intros and they have people talk about themselves. The first time when I went, there was like, I don't know, martial arts guys, CrossFit guys, few yogis and kind of like, Oh, tough guys. And a few people with, with actually disabilitating, uh, illnesses, Crohn's disease and Lyme disease. Some of those could be people that were also there in the beginning. Cause these are people that are searching out. They're looking mm-hmm. for something. So those people were there and it was, you know, a great group of people. Then, you know, whatever, a year and a half later when these, these people are there, now it's doubled in size. And now I'm seeing five, there was five doctors there. I mean, working doctors that were all, they kind of grouped together, you know, and like, there was no doctors when I went through, it was just, ah, you know, different kind of, you know, folks and a well-educated, just like what you're talking about, these well-educated people. I mean, there was one lady and I, I don't want to, you know, I'm guessing her age, but she was in her sixties or seventies, you know, to keep it broad. Um, she was no spring chicken, you know, let's say that. And she was a doctor. She got in the ice. She got in the ice water. She was there. They're asking all these very inquisitive questions because they're, the proof is in the pudding. There are people getting well. They don't yeah. have to take all these freaking meds, like getting off these, getting off the, you know, all these uh, um, okay. antidepressants and, and even painkillers and, and blood pressure all this shit stuff. Yes, all that stuff. Like, that shit ain't good for you. So the pharmaceutical companies and when that was just do is like, you know, they're not going to like me. And you know, because yeah, you don't need all that crap. Just breathe and get in some cold water. Start taking care of yourself. You know who's getting in probably next is um, who's very open to this stuff is Paul's wife is a medical doctor. She's an ER doctor. Awesome. And so, sure. and the thing Anna, is, your turn is up. If you can just get people like that, just to just to look at it for a quick second and because there has been so much more and more research is being done i mean radbald university did a lot of work and then yep. they've seen what's been you know done but other universities wayne university is doing it australia they're doing it there's research going on around the world scientists looking at this stuff because wait a second what's going on so if you can get some people that are doctors educated people they they like that stuff and they look at it and they're like Oh, wait a second. This isn't just some crazy guys jumping in the ice. This isn't just like the polar bear club and, you know, tough guy mm-hmm. thing. There, People are getting well. Sick people are being healed. And good people are having a great time. You know, we're all having a great time, you know? So, yeah. I, I, love, I it. love it. I'm at, I'm probably at like, you know, and I still have some stuff to be really sad about in life. Yeah. But I'm at like probably one of the happiest I've been in a very long time. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I mean, if you can be the zen in the middle of a storm, you know what I mean? That's beautiful, bro. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like that saying. A warrior in the garden mm. is better than a gardener at war. <laughs> you look. You have that inquisitive look. Is that right? I like yeah. it. No, it's backwards. It's something like that. But you know it's something like, I know what you're talking about. You're a warrior in the garden, dude. Just yeah, but it's also... Don't chop uh, up a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also to... Um, to kind of close this stuff out, part part of it is, um, you know, we talked about the mindset and being com- yeah. committed to this stuff. A lot of people have it. Some people need to work on it a little bit more than others. But there's also the meditation component. Um, and meditation can mean a lot of different things to different people. Uh, but I tend to find that during those breath holds, is breath holds and after, actually after doing the rounds yeah, man. and spending time in that moment. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, that like will go through the rounds and like, okay, I'm done and, and get up and then your your mind just starts going, focusing on the day and you're not enjoying that moment. Mm-hmm. Like when you're done, just to lie there, you know, at least five minutes, you know, you can be there 10, 15 minutes if you have it. And then look, I know our lives are going to dictate, but you're, 
I, I just thank you for bringing that up. That's such a beauty to lie there and just be in the bliss, man. Yep. That's meditation. And it could, sometimes the meditation might look like sitting still somewhere and doing five rounds of box breathing. You know, Hey, you know, it doesn't always have to look like three or four rounds of Wim Hof breathing right before going into an ice chest freezer on, right. on purpose. And plus not everyone can afford or have the time or the space or the luxury of having a chest freezer converted into an ice bath. There's a lot of people out there. If you want to do it, you have to go buy the ice and do it in your bathtub or in a trash can or in a right. kid's pool. And just so you know, though, it's not it's not a huge huge expense because uh, you know I'm no. not a, the wealthiest of dudes, and I got delivered to my house 420 bucks, you know, for my freezer. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like this huge investment. I mean, you know, it's a chunk of change, but not 420 yeah. bucks. It's not that big of a deal. And for those of you that don't know, you get a chest freezer. I think I think even like 11 cubic feet might work for some people. Yeah, I think I've seen one people. Mine's, I mean, mine's, I think, 14, but you're right. I've seen people with smaller ones than mine, you know. I mean, I, I like 14 is cool. You know, I'm like 5'11", fit in there comfortably, you know. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. mine, which is 19.8, both of us fit in there. You know, it's fine. Yeah. And two adult men. Yes. It was a good time. Rub-a-dub-dub, two men in yeah. a tub. It was good. <laughs> um, so what you do, and I'm going to have, a, I'm going to put out a video explaining and showing all this stuff soon. You get it. Uh, you caulk all the interior cracks yep. or all the angles and all the stuff where um, like one material is meeting another material, you know, some, some waterproof caulking. That doesn't take very long. You let it dry, fill it up with water, plug it in. Yep. Now, well, at that time you can plug it into whatever and make sure you have the right outlet and, and uh, you know, weatherproof stuff, especially if you're outdoors. And then give it time depending on the temperature of the environment. I went up I went and got a bunch of blocks of ice and put it in the water to help speed it up. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, to help like jump, jump start. start. Yeah, yeah. But then once it gets to a certain temperature, mine is plugged in into a timer into an outlet. So it's on, I want to say probably three or three and a half hours a day now, maybe a little more because it's been really warm out in LA. Yeah. And I have it outside. And so maybe in the wintertime, I might put it down to two hours. So it runs from like 10 p.m. to like 12, one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And that's it. It's off. Yeah, yeah. I think mine's only on for like an hour a day right now, but it's in the shade. It's smaller. I don't have as much um, water in there to yeah. keep it. It's cool. Um, and but yeah, the timer's important. You know, as you've already put because it turns into a solid block of ice. If not, you know, yeah, I'm actually kind of curious with that, but I don't want it to expand and break. <laughs> break. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I keep an eye on it. Like toy around with it. Uh, yeah, I do too. I've yeah. toyed around with the temperature. It's yeah. gotten down to 27 degrees in there. I didn't get in. I waited till it was back to 32. Yeah. Um, it's been upwards in the 40s. And I've also found it, at one day it was 48 degrees. I forgot to, so I unplug it when I get in and yeah. I plug it back in. I'm not trying to get electrocuted over here. Yeah. And another good point. I forgot to plug it in. So the temperature went to like 46, 47, you know, 48, somewhere in that area. Yeah. And I'm like, well, all right, let me get in anyways. It had the same effect. Like it <laughs> yeah. still felt like it was 32 cold, degrees. Yeah. It was still really cold. And yeah. I stayed in a little bit longer. Yeah. What, one thing I've noticed though is the ocean is not as, it, it, it's, it's not as cold as it was anymore. It is. I mean, that right now, actually, the ocean isn't that cold for most anyone. You know, it's a hard time mm-hmm. in the summer. But I had noticed the ice bath before. I was with you, man. I didn't even want to go in the ocean. It would take me forever. I didn't want to get in there. Now, plus learning that you, when you do it, you get in deep right away. It's kind of the, the trick. So your mind is like, okay, he's in. That is the trick. And, you know, kind of as a kid, just jump in. It's true. 
you get in. So now I go to the ocean, no wetsuit. Any time of year, I was doing the, the cold showers during the winter, and I would go after a hot yoga. And look, hot's good too, that balance of the, mm -hmm. the two extremes. But anyway, jumping in the ocean, and it's making me appreciate the cold weather a lot more. I didn't like it before, but now I'm jumping in then uh, the ocean. It's beautiful. You can go out to nature. Oh, my God. Now I look at cold streams before. I'd be like, ugh. No, I look at it totally different, man. It's one experience, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful during the freezer. Dude, you go into a cold stream. I've gotten into a couple of cold streams up in the mountains. That is amazing because then you're in nature, and this cold water's coming through, and it's flowing. I want to go like right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome, bro. We should. We should plan a little trip. Yeah, let's you know? do it. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to go explore. L.A. is, you know, Southern California is awesome, and there's a lot of stuff that I want to go partake in. Yeah. And so we'll, do, we'll start doing more of that stuff. I love it, man. Um, in the interest of time and stuff, I want to kind of uh, leave with a little bit of a thought, and that is the term satori. And that is a word from the Japanese Zen tradition that points to a sudden awakening or insight into our fundamental nature. Mm. And some of this stuff has helped me get to that point and being here and now. Be here now. Yeah, man. Amen to that. Uh, if you guys have any questions on on Wim Hof, um, please hit up Milo. I'll have his information on the blog post at the Sisu Way. Uh, I'll put out. Oh, what's your Instagram right now? E Rock the World. The E Rock the World, <laughs> which is E R O K D A World, which I, I made up that name with my daughter. You know, thinking I was funny and cute with my my kid. And uh, it's stuck. And what's interesting, and I don't even know if I've gotten to talk too much about this. After this month, I'm leaving California, and I'm going to rock the world, man. I'm traveling the world. Uh, I'm going anywhere where my retirement will shine, which is like South America, Central America, Far East Asia. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm going to go out there, man, that with my, awesome. my girlfriend. And we're going to like just do some uh, like extensive traveling, like long term, like spend months at these different places. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally stoked about that. Well, experience. please share all the cold spots you find. Absolutely, baby. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, and again, thank you because, um, you know, you've been, you've been a teacher of mine for many years and you continue to be, and you're lucky. I'm lucky enough that you are my friend. Yeah. Well, right back. I just got, I feel the same way, man, friend and teacher and blessed to have you in my life, brother. Uh, and I'm also glad that we in that you are also in an environment of, you know, some darkness and able to spread some light. Mm. That's what it's about, man. If you can bring one light into darkness, man, the whole room goes light. So it's, uh, this is the light. This is the way. And with that, let's finish off with a quote from Martin Luther King that says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Mm. So folks, be the light. And remember that health is wealth, vulnerability is strength, and strength is a choice. So get up strong and be unconquerable.